You are listening to episode 270 on University of Adversity. They're going to understand that building a business or uh, trying to get in shape or whatever it is they're trying to achieve, like there's going to be parts that they're not going to like. Um, and also the other the second part of it is that they're going to, they're going to understand what it is to be a part of a team and how to work with others and that it's not all about just them all the time, um, especially if they play team sports. So that's something I always try to, to look for in, in business partners and, in uh, just a lot of my friends, like they have that in common. Like they understand that, like you can bitch about it all you want, but like there's things you're going to have to do that you're not going to like, and you just, you do it. Mm. Um, and also like you understand that that's just why you're part of a team. Like you got to show up and, and if someone else isn't showing up, like you, you get their back and you, if they get hurt or something, like you pick up the slack and yeah, those things have taught me like such a great lessons in, in life. And I've noticed it with other people I've worked with that are athletes as, as well. What's up everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys are having a great day today. If this is your first time at university of adversity, welcome. All the regular listeners, welcome back. I love you guys. So today's guest, his name is Pat Reelman. This dude is a powerhouse. He's excelled in all areas of his life. And you know, this is one guy that I really, I connected with. One of my fit for service brothers. I'm sure you guys, most of you know by now, I've been in the Aubrey Marcus Fit for Service Fellowship all year. Pat and I connected in Tulum, had a great conversation. Um, and then we, we just kind of kept in touch and then we reconnected in Sedona and he's a dude that I wanted to bring on the show for a while. He's a busy guy. So we finally got him down. We got to have the conversation. He is one of these dudes that, you know, has excelled and I love the way he speaks. I love his leadership and I can tell why he's successful. We talk about business. We talk about leadership. We talk about psychology you guys are going to take away some, your minds are going to be blown by the end of this because it, the, the conversation goes a few different places. And that's what I love about this is like, I don't have set structure. I just general, we talk about things, overcoming things, going through things. Everything is adversity. Everything. Every, every resistance that you feel is adversity. And we unpack the things that may be stopping you from getting to the next level. We talk about why you may be thinking things that may be stopping you to get the next level, all of that. And we unpack it. We also dive into the mar network marketing industry, the MLM industry, why certain people are successful, why people aren't, right? So many people lack belief in themselves. And we're going to get into that as well. So this is a jam-packed episode. I would highly suggest listening to this to the end. And if you are new here, you know, make sure that you subscribe you will not be disappointed. This is the place where you come for the tips, tools, resources of people transforming their life. That's it. People that are using adversity as fuel and fueling into their greatness. It really is that. It's really a place where, you know, I've interviewed New York Times bestselling authors, pro athletes, celebrities, doctors, you name it. And there's so many similarities to all of them. The one main similarity is we are all human and we are all going through challenges and we, it's how you take them. Are you going to be empowered or are you going to be a victim? This is the place where you learn how to be empowered in the actions that you take in your life so that you can be inspired to do things that you actually want to do. Live in your truth, follow that path that you've always wanted to follow. Sometimes a conversation may be the thing you needed. 
And if you do feel that this conversation gave you a lot of value, share it with a friend. Please do share it, tag somebody in it on social media. And if you really do get value, what really matters as well is leaving us a five-star review. It's always greatly appreciated. It's really something that over time, when you look back and you see reviews on shows, it really matters and it really helps us get to more people's lives. So subscribe, whatever platform you're on, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead over there and subscribe. Or again, leave us a review, share with a friend, whatever you can do. You guys, I want you to maybe, I think it would be a good idea to have a pen and paper because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in here, a lot of notes. We'll give you all the information, check out Pat after, but that's it. I'm done talking. Sit back, relax, or get on the treadmill or cook dinner. However you listen to podcasts, get your glass of wine, coffee, whatever you do, but enjoy the show. Pat Reelman coming right up. Here we go. Pat, welcome to the show, brother. I'm super excited to get this going finally. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. We've been trying to make this happen for a couple months now. I know. You're a busy guy, man. You're, like, you're, always, you're always doing stuff. You got a big team. You're killing it. It's, uh, it's great to see, and I can't wait to unpack that journey specifically because mm-hmm. what you've done is not easy to do, especially a guy. Well, we're pretty much the same age. I know because I've, I've I've dabbled in that world and it is challenging and I can't wait to get into all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. before we get into all that, I want to unpack the journey that we we just had. So when this episode comes out, you guys have already listened to my solo episode that I did in Sedona. So I unpacked everything. So everybody knows my perspective now. Now, I would love to hear, brother, like how was Sedona for you it's been a week. We've been back. How are you feeling? Walk us through this journey the best way you can describe it. Yeah. In Sedona, there was like certain things we did that brought me to uh, a place, an emotional state, uh, whatever you want to call it, a high vibration that like I had experienced before, but not to that extent. And, and any any stress, any, uh, you know, real world egoic thoughts that would like come up. I literally just kind of like had this laughing, this belly laugh towards it. And we all have like things in our life that like are continuous stressors that come up. And sometimes when they pop into our head, you know, we have not much of an emotional reaction, but other times they pop in and for whatever reason, we're in a certain emotional state and they have a much more of a trigger for us. Uh, so there was definitely some things that happened in Sedona with the ecstatic dance, with the shamanic breath work, with the soul wander, with, with some of the workshops where I was, you know, blasted off into an emotional state where it didn't really matter. Like what kind of real world, like problems were thrown at me. It was like all good. It was all good. Uh, which was such a, a beautiful, like powerful, uh, place to be in. And then kind of settling back into real life, you know, there was a part of me that like expected to like be in that state, uh, you know, this, this whole time since I got home and like it, and it's ebbed and flowed. And, and, uh, you know, I've been at times like a little bit like, man, like how come I can't put myself in that same state where like things don't even like, they don't bother me at all. They just bounce off me like they did when, when I was doing some of those things in Sedona. Every time I come back from an event, there's like that integration period where it's like, all right, I got I to gotta understand that I'm going to have to come back into, 
you know, the real world and, uh, there's going to be a transition period and integration period and, and, and just not be so, you know, so hard on myself. Yeah. It's challenging, man. Like I was saying this yesterday on one of the integration calls with everybody. Well, there was a few of us on and I was the same way when I was in that environment. It was like, I was just in my heart. So I didn't care like all the stuff, the podcast, the business, all the stuff, all the things in our ego yeah, didn't matter. It was like when you're in the heart, you're just, when you're in your heart and your soul and you're, you're present, everything yeah. in front of you is what matters, you know, and you yeah. fully embrace that. And then as soon as our ego gets involved, like when we come back, then our, then we start to think, well, what, what do I need to do? Like, how can I do this? Why can I do that? And then it takes away from like being in that place of presence. And I think it's a dance, right? There's that dance of like our ego and our soul. And I mean, you need that part that like you have to do, obviously, to be productive. But it's also like being okay with the feeling of the transition back because it's a, we're, we're in this paradigm and we go somewhere like that and we're growing and we're so emotionally expanded. And then we come back into these realities that are like the same realities, but we're different. Mm -hmm. So it's like this like emotional dance of like, whoa, okay. And a lot of people haven't been through what we've been through either. So it's like you're expecting them to sort of understand yeah. and that itself is challenging. Yeah. And it's like a bit of the ego again is like, I don't think some of my friends and family are going to really understand like the language I want to use to explain like the experience. And it's just not going to like, they're going to like judge it or be like, what the hell is this? Dude? What are you talking about, dude? Like you've lost it or something, you know? Yeah. So there's like a hesitation to, to share, uh, you know, with some people that, that you're close with. And I thought it was really great how they kind of had like the wrap up at the end and people were just kind of sharing a few things. And someone said something about not necessarily needing to like explain exactly your experience, but just embodying it and living it being, you know, embodying the, the things you've learned. And, and like you said, living in your heart, you don't need to like tell people they need to live in your heart. You just need to live in your heart and yeah. other people feel that and pick up on it and start leaning in a little bit more and start listening a little bit more. But if you're like preaching to people and, and trying to like jam it down their throat, or then it's like, it doesn't matter. They're not going to listen. They're going to like put a wall up. Um, and so I've tried to like trying to find that balance between like, Hey, like don't have fear of sharing this stuff. Cause this stuff is like powerful that people need and people want, uh, but also like not jamming it down people's throat and turning them off. So it's like a little bit of a dance. of just trying to, you know, just be it, embody it, live it and, you know, start to share it a little bit and, and try to meet people where they're at. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a life lesson and that's like, even with, you know, what you do and what I do and in, in, in business in general, it's mm -hmm. the embodiment of the thing that people see that gets them excited. Not about you telling them what they need to do, but kind of just being, being like the change, being, being what they, you know, you have this projection. A lot of people are just like, do this, do that. And it's just such, it's the wrong way to go about it. And especially in business, as you will get into, it's like, We've all tried it. Oh, I learned about this thing. You got to do this thing. And if you don't, you're crazy. And it's like, whoa, man, relax. I just met you. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, like yeah. relax. And 
And that's like that in business. That's like that in the spiritual world too. And it's like, look, I had, I came back and I was feeling great. And my, I had a, I had some like tension with my family, my mom, my brother. I didn't tell them I was going to Arizona because I knew that it was going to create this, you know, tension, you know, over the borders and all that. And I came back and it was just like this, like this, I, I dealt with some real tough integration, like explaining everything. And like, I was like, wow, why would you even bother trying to explain it? And it's not, I learned a lot, even though it was like very emotional, a lot of like yelling and it, I haven't gotten a fight like that in my family in a while, but I learned a lot. I was like, I think I'm on the spiritual path of greatness and I really don't know shit. Like, I'm like, what am I, like, I have so much work to do still. Right. And it's humbling too, because I'm yeah. thinking, and sometimes we get caught up in thinking, oh yeah, I'm at this high level of, of whatever you want to call it, like vibration or feeling. And, and it's super easy to kind of forget and how we react with people is everything. And yeah, I really like from my, the way I behaved, I realized that I have a lot of work to do still in, 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 in certain things because not everybody's going to react the way you want them to. And that's up to us to accept them for where they're at. And, you know, in turn, we learn the delivery and what to do and what not to do every single time. So I definitely learned a lot from this integration. Yeah. That's such a great point about getting better at being okay with where people are at and not expecting them to react a certain way to you. Cause that's, I think when we get in trouble is when we, expect someone to react a certain way when we share something or present something or, or whatever it is. And, uh, and they react differently. <laughs> you know, that's when we're like, we can get our, we can start to create emotions in ourselves rather than being like, all right, like I need to just understand that's where this person at is at right now, you know? Uh, and maybe I just caught them at a bad time or, you know, they had a bad day or something. Um, but yeah, that's, that's easier said than done to remember that and to, to, to come back to that it's the self-awareness too and to like just be humble that we don't have it all figured out oh totally it's like and when you oh, think yeah. you got something figured out like then that same thing will present itself and you're like i, I thought i had this fucking thing figured out already yeah and uh and you're like man I, but yeah i think it's it's uh it's like sports you know it's like you it's like golf i don't know if you play golf or but like Anytime I think I got something figured out in any sport, and particularly golf, it's like, no. Then you go out the next day, and it's like, what the hell is going on? There's so many moving parts, you know, that, mm. and there's so many external factors um, as well. So there, it's always just kind of falling in love with that process and understanding it's always going to be a process and not expecting it to, like, be this thing where you've, like, made it to the top and it's, like, done, you know? Yeah. And it's a fresh start every time too. And that's a classic golf thing too. It's like, you can have the best, you can be getting on a roll and then like you, you go hit the same, same hole, the same thing. And it's the same driver, everything. And then you shank it or whatever. And it's just like, and then you're, you're in your head and then it just unravels and you have to just let it go. You have to just be like, wow, that was just the one situation. Just because I blew that one doesn't mean it's going to carry on that way. But like, that's kind of what happens in our lives too with our, you know, we unravel that way and it's so easy to do that. And all these things transfer into like our communication and, and how we deal with people too. You know, one person sets us off and it's like, oh, that's it. The whole day's ruined, right? The whole thing's ruined. And it's really interesting on like actually being aware of that, you know? Yeah, it's huge. It's, 
like self-awareness I think is like you know like the kind of the the foundation of a lot of this stuff like if you if, if you're missing self-awareness uh it's really hard to to figure out the steps you need to take to to correct uh you know like if you don't know what's wrong with your golf swing it's going to be really hard to start to like correct your swing mm. you know like you're just like i don't know what's wrong and a lot of times i that's like one thing i really try to help the entrepreneurs i work with and uh and just like friends and family like i feel like i've always been like a problem solver like i i love to like get into things and figure out like why it's not working why isn't it adding up and i used to be a cpa and, and an auditor um for pwc and i used to kind of really i used to enjoy that stuff like going in and like all right this like these numbers aren't adding up like what's wrong like let me backtrack let me reverse engineer this and figure out like where in the pipeline something's off um and i think a lot of times like with personal development that's that's part of it is like that that self-awareness kind of reverse engineering things feel like understanding like where's something off so then you can make the correction mm. yeah so yeah i don't know there's something same with like sports too like where what do i need to work on like why are we not winning right now like what is off with our chemistry what is off with our our scheme what's off with our lines like do we need to make some changes with like who's playing with who and just like tinkering with that stuff and always and always like being open to to making some little shifts in business and sports in yourself yeah i always love that stuff i you're just like me bro you always come back to sports with everything <laughs> i'm the same it's always because we're athletes you grow up we learn so much from sports yeah the life lessons and and the team vibe and the commitment and there's there's so many things that i remember growing up as a kid and being like you know annoyed at times that i was i mean i loved playing hockey but like there's times where it was just intense and it's all i did and but I didn't understand the value it would give me later on, right? Yeah. There's a lot of kids that are, they didn't, they, you can't teach that stuff. You, you buy in, well, you can, but experiencing the life of an athlete and being committed to a team and learning the lessons along the way is so valuable. And it's funny because everything that we learn in that always comes back to like our everyday lives now. All the skills, all the little thing, all the things that, of building relationships and having being basically knowing that there's something bigger than you, right? Your team and, and showing up. And that's just always been such a valuable way that I always come back to and think about. Yeah. I love that. Like anytime I'm working with someone and I, and I find out that they have experience, like as a, they were an athlete, you know, as a kid or in college, uh, I love it because I know, two things one they understand the part that's going to suck it's just part of it like you've got to show up to practice when you don't feel like it and because everyone else on the team's going to do it mm. and uh it's just part of it like showing up to the weightlifting showing up to the practices showing up to you know saturday 6 a.m sprints yeah, like you have to and you know that's just part of the process. You know that's part of like what you guys are working towards. So I love connecting with people like that because I understand that you know they're going to understand that building a business or 
uh, trying to get in shape or whatever it is they're trying to achieve, like there's going to be parts that they're not going to like. Um, and also the other second part of it is that they're going to, they're going to understand what it is to be a part of a team and how to work with others. And that it's not all about just them all the time. Um, especially if they've played team sports. So that's something I always try to, to look for in, in business partners and, in uh, just a lot of my friends, like they have that in common. Like they understand that like, you can bitch about it all you want, but like there's things you're going to have to do that you're not going to like, and you just, you do it. Mm. Um, and also like you understand that that's just why you're part of a team. Like you got to show up and, and if someone else isn't showing up, like you, you get their back and you, if they get hurt or something, like you pick up the slack and yeah, those things have taught me like such a great lessons in, in life. And I've noticed it with other people I've worked with that are athletes as, as well. Yeah, and you get addicted to the having like uh, like a team. A team is a good feeling to have, and when you yeah, don't have, I think that's that, primal. That's like yeah, a primal, like, yeah like tribes. Yeah, that's a huge part of like the human experience. I think. Yeah. In order to feel fulfilled, is to like feel part of a tribe. Mm. So let's backtrack a little bit, brother. Let's. So you, I know you're an athlete. Like, let's walk walk us through a little bit of your story. So you, you ended up, so you're a CPA, you're an accountant, you're a numbers guy, athlete. Yeah. Take us back a little bit of there and give us some context to kind of how you got into like the whole uh, network marketing and all of this space, because those are so different. Those worlds are so different. I'm so interested as to like how you made that switch. Yeah. I think, I think I really uh, enjoy like both sides of the brain, like the, the right side of the brain, like the numbers, the an analytics. Um, I love all that stuff. And then the left side of the brain, the creativity, you know, all that kind of creation. I really enjoy that as well. But as far as like, you know, what I was going to do as a major when I went to college, like all I thought about was lacrosse. And like, I picked a school based on like the coach. And when I got there, you know, they were like, Hey, you got to pick a major at some point here, buddy. And I had a conversation with my mom who's a very smart woman. She, she taught me like compounding interest, you know, when I was like 10 and uh, she's just an amazing person. She's like, now I, 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 we own the, the business together and we work it together and everything. But as far as like what I was going to pick as a major, like I had a quick conversation with my mom. She said, you like math, you should be an accounting major because you'll get out and you'll be able to get a good job. And literally that, one little 30 second conversation is like what was going to probably dictate what I was going to do with the majority of the next 40, 50 years of my life. Mm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that's, I think a lot of kids at when they're 18, they have those conversations and they pick a major and they get down that path and the train is on the tracks and they end up, you know, 40, 50 years down that same track and maybe not feeling completely fulfilled, but they were, they didn't really know any other way. And I got about, you know, five years down that path after college. So four years of college plus the master's and then working at PwC. About a year into that, you know, I was done with college sports. I was, I lost that aspect of being a part of a team. And part of being on the team was staying in shape. It was showing up to practice. It was going to the weight room. It was, you know, running. It was all those things. And all of a sudden, like, I lost that. And I'm just not the type of guy that loves going to the gym by myself 
and like just trying to figure out what the heck to do. Like I'd go in and I'd be like, all right, I think I'll do a couple of curls and then I'll do a bench press and then I'll, you know, look at myself in the mirror. For beach workouts, man, the beach workouts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what? It? And then, you know, I'm, I just started going less and less. Yeah. And I, I gained, I went from like 180 pounds up to like 210 in that first year. And I just didn't feel like an athlete anymore. You know, I didn't have that team that was pushing me. I just kind of like felt lethargic and I was just like, Hey, this is just part of growing up. Like, you don't, you're not an athlete anymore. Like you're, you're a corporate guy. Like, you know, like everyone else is, isn't working out all the time. Like you don't need to be in great shape, you know? Mm. And then I started, I, I saw that infomercial uh, for P90X like a million times. And, and I finally was like, all right, I just need like to buy this thing and, and have someone tell me what to do. And I bought it and it helped, you know, it was just like, I popped in the, the DVDs and just kind of followed what the guy was saying, Tony Horton and, and, you know, listened to his corny jokes, but like just did it and started feeling like I was getting in better shape. I, I would notice just like going up and down stairs. I felt like, wow, like I'm feeling like I have like a core again. And it was just funny, like two of my buddies that I played college lacrosse with, they had done some of the same workout program and were coaches for the company, you know, affiliates basically, but they call them coaches. And uh, I was in a fantasy football league with, with one of them. And he, he like wrote a little email to the league and said he was a coach with with that company beach body that, that the p90x and i was like oh shit like I, i'm doing that right now i love it and he's like oh man like you should be a coach with me like you can get a discount on the products and you can you know if people order with your link you get like a 25 percent commission and, and i was like oh right whatever i didn't really take it serious like yeah, it was like a business thing it was just like a way to reconnect with my old college teammates and a way to keep me in shape because i just was falling off the, the track what year was this just for context oh uh, man that was that was like 2000 i graduated college in 2006 and that was like 2008 okay yeah and honestly for the next four years i didn't really i didn't really take it serious like the you know the online like marketing and, and getting customers and and all that like i that was like i was like Hey, that's cool. You guys are selling, you know, supplements and workouts, but like, I have a real career. Like I have a CPA license and I work for PwC and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be a partner at this firm is like what my tunnel vision was. And the more I kind of just like watched my friends be successful with that and some of the other people they introduced me to. Um, and the more I went down the corporate path, the more I realized like, man, like I'm being more drawn to, the fitness nutrition, uh, that doesn't really feel like work. This kind of is feeling more like a real job that like I have to do that I don't really enjoy as much. And probably like around 2012, uh, I started to like go to a couple events and listen to some calls about network marketing and building a business through social media. And I met some people that had done it and were really successful and I honestly, I just thought they were really good people, but not superheroes that like were doing anything that I couldn't do if I just put in the effort. Uh, so in 2012, I really started to put in more time into it and uh, 
yeah, it started to like really just kind of be like something I became like obsessed with. I just like was like, man, like this is something I can build on the side and and eventually be able to to leave my corporate job and, and be able to be my own boss was something that I really was drawn to. Like there was a few times where, you know, I wanted to go on vacations with my friends and family and I couldn't go because uh, it was our tax season, you know. So anytime my family wanted to go on a trip like during the winter, which is they always went during the winter because it's freezing cold in, in upstate New York where I'm from, maybe not as cold as Canada, but like we get so much lake effect snow off of Lake Ontario. It's, it's crazy. And, and a lot of just gray blankets, you know, that you just don't see the sun for like months. It feels like. So my family and friends are always taking these trips in the summer or in the winter down to like Florida and all these places. And I can't go. And it just like, it just felt like, man, like I got to ask permission to, to spend time with the people I love. And, and even when I ask permission, I, they, they're going to say no, you know, and that just that bugged me. And meanwhile, I was sitting on something that was going to maybe be the opportunity to create my own schedule, be my own boss and be able to call the shots. And I just loved the idea of freedom, the freedom to, you know, be, be my own boss and, and to work when I want and where and from where. And, and that was just something that like really motivated me to work some crazy nights. Like I'd get home from work at seven and, you know, eat dinner and then just start working on my business until sometimes like two in the morning and uh, have to force myself to go to sleep, <laughs> you know, to, so that I would you know, be able to get some sleep to go to my real job the next day. But yeah, that's kind of like how I kind of got into it and started, started really taking it serious in, back in like 2000. 12. Yeah. So my question for you is, so I'm just trying to think about the situation. And so you're an accountant. And so how did you deal with, see, a lot of times if somebody doesn't have, see, you're an educated guy. So like, I'm trying to look at like when I did it, when I mm -hmm. tried doing it, I found that I was, I wasn't really educated in certain areas. So I was like, it was hard for me to be confident in something else like i was just a confused person but how was that for you and how has that been for knowing that you have this road that you can take and the safe road and you've accomplished this but like being able to work on something new yet it was something that was like were you committed to, like how long did it take i guess the long answer to this question is how long did it take before you really were like i want to do this full time and right. do you think that having that career in your back pocket helped you a lot? Or do you think that it almost like was a challenge because you have this like one side of your brain is like the logical side yeah. versus. So yeah, like when I, cause I mean, getting into this, this industry is a real challenge in the beginning. And I, I admire anybody that does it because you're dealing with, one world and in another world and you're dealing with haters and you're dealing with all this stuff. And I experienced it too. And it's a lot of like self-worth issues. It's a lot of like, what am I doing? My, my aunt Sally says this is dumb or this is a scam or like, I've, I've, you know, and I guess it really depends. Like, how did you get through that point and did it help you having that career first or did it make it harder? 
Yeah, I would say like I'm always I've always been like a slow learner and a slow starter, but like once I get something, then my the confidence kicks in and and I'm pretty good at just like putting blinders on and putting earmuffs on and just staying on the path. Yeah. Um, so it took me like four years of like having this little online business like that I didn't really consider a business. Like I just as like on the back burner basically and having a job, like having a career that like paid the bills was awesome. And I always knew that I ha- was going to have that. And I wasn't like desperate to jump out of that and, and then like leave that for a business that was like not, not ready. Um, and then put all this pressure on myself to like make it, you know, work. So I think it was, it actually helped me to like have the job and the career because then I didn't really come across as like desperate when I was mm. talking to people because it was like, I didn't really care if they like were interested in trying the products because like I didn't, it wasn't like I was trying to put food on the table with that business. It was just like a mm. side thing that I was doing for fun that I really enjoyed because like I actually used the product myself so it was like I do see people that that jump into network marketing and and they like are desperate you know they're like yeah. desperate for people to buy their product they're desperate for people to like join their business and I don't that's never gonna work you know so I think it definitely helped me having a job and a career that like paid me really well and 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 this was like a fun side thing that I was like, you know, I like this. This is fun. Like I don't need it, but I, but I enjoy it and I see the potential. And if I find a few other people that are just kind of like, like-minded like me that want to like do this and we can crush it together, that'd be awesome. Mm. Um, but it was like a slow thing. I just, it took me a couple of years of just kind of doing it a little bit here and there and not really taking it serious. And, um, but it didn't really take off until I was like, all right, I'm going to start putting in a little time in every day. Um, and at that point, like I had changed mentally. Like I had done four years of personal development. I had, I had started reading books like the power of now. Um, you know, so when I was talking to people, um, I think people could like tell a little bit of a difference in me and, and not just like from, the workouts and nutrition, but also just like mindset. And, um, I also, during those four years where I wasn't really taking it serious, I watched other people in business, entrepreneurs outside of network marketing and in network marketing. And I just watched like them talk about what it's like to have haters and what it's like to have hater, your own inner roommate that's talking shit, you know, your own inner yeah. critic. So I was doing the personal development for a few years and so then when I started to like be like, all right, I think I'm going to put myself out there a little bit more. Um, I was kind of, I had kind of already built the muscle to handle any like haters or doubters or, you know, anything like that. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of going through that same process internally a little bit with moving from fitness, nutrition to like meditation, breath work, spirituality. Like it's like those same things are kind of showing up in me a little bit. And to bring it back to a sports analogy, like always when I was a sophomore in high school on the basketball team, I I got pulled up to varsity and I felt like I was there just as like a body and I didn't want to make any mistakes and I didn't want to make the upperclassmen 
uh, you know, like mad at me. I just, so I just played in fear and just played it with this like mindset of, I don't want to make any mistakes and hurt anybody's feelings or get anybody mad at me. And when I started the business, like when I first got introduced to the business, I'm like, all right, I'm just, I feel like a, a, a sophomore again. And there's all these seniors that are really good and I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't want to get anybody mad at me and make any mistakes. So I'm just going to like sit on the bench and watch what they are going to do and see how they do it and, and wait for my turn. And so I kind of did that with my, with my online business. I was just like very patient, didn't want to make any mistakes, didn't really jump in all the way, just watched the seniors and gain confidence from just watching their lead. And now I kind of feel that way a little bit with like jumping into uh, what Aubrey does with, you know, and breath work and, and meditation. It's like, all right, man, I feel like, I feel like in business, in fitness, nutrition, I'm like, all right, I feel like a senior. Like, I feel like I know what I'm talking about with that stuff. Now jumping into like meditation, breath work, spirituality. It's like, man, I, f I feel like I'm a bit of a sophomore again. So like when I go to these events with Aubrey and some of these coaches and guys like you and, and I, there is a little bit of me that's like, all right, like I don't really feel like I'm ready to like be in the game with some of these people. Like they're fucking badasses, but they have been doing this for a while. And so there is that inner critic that comes up a little bit. That's like, all right, like I need to just kind of sit back and watch a little bit and be the sophomore and take it all in before I'm going to really feel that confidence to step in as like the senior that's going to, then as a senior, I played with no fucking fear. It was just like, I, I was like in the moment, in the flow, played my game. And that's how it was in sports. That, that's how it was in business. And that's how it is now doing, with this stuff. It's like moving from that sophomore mentality to that, to that senior mentality. And during the breath work, I actually wrote down my word was senior because I just know that that's, I feel like sometimes with, with whatever we're doing in life, sometimes we feel like we're, we don't deserve to be in the game and we want to sit on the sidelines and watch. And maybe that's okay for a little while, but eventually you got to like step up and be like, all right, like I need to get in the game and make some mistakes. Otherwise I'm never going to learn how to play this game and, and do this thing. So, um, so yeah, like to answer that question, uh, was it good to have a job? How long did it take? It was yeah, it was good to have a job and it, and it did take a, a while for me to like gain that confidence um, and kind of sit on the bench for a little while before I started to feel like, all right, I'm ready. I'm, I'm like, I'm the lead dog now. Like it's time to like step up and do it. And at that point, it didn't matter what, what the opponent threw at me. Uh, you know, I was ready and I was going to make mistakes and just keep going. I think that just shows your level of leadership, bro. From what you just said there and anybody listening, like... <laughs> That just shows your maturity and your emotional intelligence of like your leadership skills as to like where you're at with something to be a student, to be an observer. And then when it's game on, it's like fucking all in. And dude, that's, that's the way we should all be. That's, yeah. that's smart. That's like, that's a leader, bro. Like, and I admire that about you. I was listening, when you were saying that, I was like, man, that makes so much sense. And it's, also, like learning all this spiritual stuff, breath work, this, all this stuff makes you better at business. Yeah. You know, like it's all piece of the, it's all a big piece of the pie. And you're right with personal development. Like when I was doing this stuff, I started doing um, the network marketing stuff in 2017 for a bit. And it was all, well, I even started years ago with like back in 2002, I was doing it, but I didn't know anything. I remember Think and Grow Rich. 
everyone was talking about personal development, but then I didn't really know what that was. I'm just like you. When I, my first book to change it all was the power of now. It was, it changed, it changed the way I look at life. I didn't understand it at first. And then I did. And then that? that would have been, so I was in Australia and I was just, okay. So the story with that was I was reading a bunch of biographies, like being a hockey player. I was reading like uh, Theo Fleury, who was on the show, which was great. Bob Probert guys like these, these biographies, or I don't know if they're called autobiographies or biographies. I always forget. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So like, and I was in a really toxic place. I was, I was bartending in, in Vancouver. I was, I was before I moved to Australia and I was like reading these books about this toxic shit, like people partying and it was, it was, it wasn't a good place cause I was in that place. And then I moved to Australia and I was reading this book and I remember reading um, Scar Tissue by, by uh, the Chili Peppers, the Chili Pepper. And I was like, what the fuck am I reading this for? Like I asked myself, I was like, why am I reading this shit? Like I, I have respect for people that write that stuff and their stories and share their stories. That's great. But if you're in a place where you want to change your life, you got to realize like, what are you putting into your mind? What are you putting into your body? And I was like, I need... I was getting the call, bro. I was like, I need to read something that, that, that fills my soul. And I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. Like saying that now, I'm like, but I just had the call. And I, I had heard about this power of now. Maybe it was like Oprah or something. But I, there was like this thing that was sparked from maybe Think and Grow Rich somewhere. I don't know where. But when I read that book, 2013, I was like, wow, okay, I'm thinking about things wrong. And I started to understand what the present moment is. And I've talked about this book. So all you guys that haven't read that, here's a sign. Here's your sign. Go get that book today. <laughs> we'll link it in the show notes. Um, yeah. and, and that made me think differently. I remember going to the bar and when I was working, being present and what that means to be in the present moment versus like in, in the future, which creates anxiety in the past, which creates depression. Understanding that was really how things got going. Now, it wasn't until in 2017 where I started real, I quit drinking and I started getting more into books and I read tools of the Titans, um, awaken the giant within Tony Robbins and like books like happy pocket full of money was, was a game changer. Also, I started reading the magic, which is a gratitude, all this stuff that I would have made fun of if, if I would have been reading it years ago, but are you yeah. guys listening, you want to change your life. Like you got to be paying attention to the stuff you put in your brain. If you want to do well, you got to look at the people that are doing well. What are they reading? Like, what are they reading? Or what are they promoting? And after a while, you got to put your ego aside and go, all right, it's time for me to learn. It's time for me to like change what I'm doing. Because if I don't like where I'm at, then I need to do things differently. And it all starts with what you read, what you watch. And for me, that was a huge change in my life, man, was, was yeah. just getting that going. And yeah. I mean, I still lacked the confidence in that area of like dealing with things. I lacked a lot of self-worth in like approaching people and especially with social media. Like it was just crazy. So I kind of pulled back, started the podcast and I, I intend on reintroducing all that later again. And I think it's very, it's a great business. And I think we'd be able to have that freedom to create this, this, um, this, this generational wealth is so important. So yeah, for me, that was kind of how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, man. That, that book, the power of now was like, 
it was like an, like an epiphany light bulb moment. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm not my mind. Yeah. Like my mind has thoughts and I can sit back and watch my mind have thoughts. Yeah. And I was like, it was wild. I don't, and I was like, man, like I don't have to get caught up in every thought that comes through my mind. Like if my mind is worried about the past or the future, like I can just watch my mind have that thought and not chase the emotion that comes after it. And it allowed me to have like this, this power to like stay present no matter what my mind wanted to like chase or worry about. And I just was able to just kind of like sit with it and, and have this like euphoric, like deep peace, no matter where I was. And I remember that peace like did not leave me uh, for like two weeks. Like I remember for two weeks, just walking around feeling so connected to everybody I talked to. And I'm getting like chills just like thinking about it now. But like, I just like felt like it was just, it's the same feeling I've gotten over and over again since then and, and felt like very deeply in Sedona last weekend. But yeah, like that book, I would say right before I read that, I read a book called The Four Agreements. Mm, that's a good like one. Too. That was a super quick read that like kind of was like, wow, like, okay. I kind of think of like our mind as like a garden and like the weeds grow automatically, you know, like our, our brain, our mind, like a lot of times is, is it's job isn't necessarily to, to like make us super fulfilled and happy. Our job it's, it's job is really to kind of like just make us stay alive and keep us really safe. And sometimes like come up with tons of like, what if scenarios that probably will never happen, but it, it, it's, like I try to think of my mind sometimes as like an overzealous roommate that like really thinks it's doing, it's the best it can do. And it really thinks it's doing a great job by trying to make us worry about certain things, but we don't have to listen to like our overzealous roommate all the time. It's just like sometimes parent, you know, we can, we can love that roommate and be like, dude, I love that you like always got my back and you're always looking out for me, but like, I'm good this time. Like I don't, you know, there's not a saber tooth tiger like coming around the bend that I got to worry about. Mm. Uh, so just being the witness to that and not getting so caught up in whatever the mind like wants to present um, was such a game changer. And I took a, I, I took a course on children's mindfulness because I, I saw my nephews one, when he was like five he would get up and, and dance in front of the whole room and he didn't give a shit what anyone thought of him. And then like maybe three years later, he was eight and his younger brother was five and the five-year-old was like dancing, you know, he didn't give a shit. He was just like having a great time. And the eight-year-old was not. And, and I was just chatting with him. I was like, what's up, man? And he, and he just was like, you know, he, he started to realize that like other people's opinions of him were, were real. And he didn't want to be embarrassed. And I was like, shit, like this stuff like hits you early. Like the mind is trying to keep you safe and make you like stay in this little comfort zone at a very young age. And we don't learn this in school. Like we don't learn mindfulness in school. We don't know how to like sit back and listen to our minds and witness the thoughts that it's coming up with that are like, hey, don't do that because you're going to get made fun of or that person might laugh at you. We just, we just take it for, for truth and we don't do it. And then we're just like, we, we listen to it all the time and we, and we live in this little bubble, 
this little comfort zone. And those books teach you to realize like, man, like our brain and our mind is like a garden and the weeds are automatically going to grow. And if we don't do the things every day that are going to help us pull the weeds out and plant new seeds, that garden is going to get overrun with a bunch of weeds and it's not going to be a great place to live. Mm -hmm. uh, and that stuff starts happening, you know, at a very young age with kids. And by the time you're an adult, it's a little bit harder to pull the weeds out, but you, but you still can. And, you know, it might take a little while and it's a daily practice, but you can always go into that garden and pull out some weeds and, and plant some new stuff. Imagine we had that being taught growing up, that kind of conversation. It's the first thing that should be taught is like how to witness your thoughts, witness the corresponding emotions, and then decide if you want to choose that thought and emotion or if you want to just be like, thanks for the thought, like, and let it go. Mm -hmm. Just like clouds, you know, passing in the sky. Uh, but we don't get taught that. And so well, every thought that comes through our head, we grasp that and hold on to, you know. So. Yeah, we, we, we think we are the thought. Like we think, mm -hmm. like that's the thing that mm -hmm. I – that's what I've really realized during that. And, you know, as my journey's going on, obviously the books that I'm interested now have, have drastically changed to when I was first starting personal development. Like it's more, now I'm more intrigued on the psyche and, and like really learning, pack, unpacking, like what does it mean to have these different compartments of ego? And like, we'll talk about one of the uh, King Warrior Magician Lover. I want to talk to you about that because I know you like that book too. Um, yeah. But like, really understanding the difference that where it's not like I used to think it was all just clumped together and my thought is me and I was like oh fuck I'm an idiot for thinking that it's like well no and you as you learn that different things are coming from different places and the dance between what's from ego and what's from soul so basically just to explain anybody that doesn't know soul is like your heart and your ego is like your mind right and it's like Certain things will come in and, and sometimes the ego will try and take over and disguise itself as being, you know, the heart, but really it's not. And it is like, it's really hard to distinguish it sometimes. That's why getting, that's why I encourage meditation as a, a practice to quiet down the noise so that you can distinguish the two. But there's these, there's these different things that, that a lot of people don't realize. And as you learn that these are separate, then you have compassion for yourself for having these thoughts because it's like, I'm not my thoughts, but it's like there to keep me safe or it's there because I'm feeling this. Where is it coming from? You know, Aubrey was talking about this on our call today. He was like, where's the thought feel like, where can you feel it from? Is it, there's certain parts, right? And just that understanding really is powerful as a, as a kid and as a teenager. Like imagine knowing that when you're going through all this hard shit, that how the mind works, like learning psychology, learning the difference. Like it's fascinating to me now, man, because it, it gives me grace for myself and yeah. the stupidity that I have sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You just, you just kind of laugh at, at yourself and, and your thoughts and you realize like a lot of it is just like 80% of thought is like just repetitive, unresourceful, just crap that like is just on a loop. And the more you do the meditations, the more you realize that, the more you can have a little bit of like self-compassion for yourself and realize, man, like this is 
this is part of the human experience, you know, like the, our brain is like wired to think about ourselves all the time to, you know, avoid pain and to like chase pleasure. And you're like, Hey, that's, that's the experience that I was born into. And, uh, with, I didn't choose this or maybe I did choose this like, but, but it's just part of it. It's part of it. You just like, and then you also start to have like empathy for other people. So like when people do throw shade at me, which honestly doesn't happen that much anymore, probably because I'm not putting myself out there as much. I used to say like, if you got haters, like you're, that's a good sign. You're doing something right. You know? Um, but then I feel like when you are doing that type of work, when people do throw like hate at you, instead of like taking it as like, Oh man, like I need to like, be afraid of that and back down. It's like, you have so much empathy for someone like that. And you realize for someone to go out of their way, to take time out of their day, to hate on someone else and try to tear someone else down, that person must be hurting a lot. So you don't take it as like a, a personal thing. You, 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 I give back like empathy and love because I feel like everything is either love or a call for love. And if someone's, trying to tear someone else down that is a call for love totally dude that's so true they need the most love the haters need the most love <laughs> yeah it's just like if someone's hating on somebody there's they they have two choices they can they can either try to tear you down so that they don't have to uh watch you be successful and then make them feel bad about them not going after maybe something in their life that they thought about at one point um, or they can actually put in the work and build whatever they, it is that they want to do in their life. It's way easier to tear someone else down than it is to put in the work themselves. Mm. You know, so uh, most people, a lot of people choose, you know, the tear down thing. And so then they can make themselves feel better about whatever they got going on in life. And it's not like I point fingers at people and be like, man, like that person's fucked up. Like, they're trying to tear other people down. Like, what a loser. It's like, no, like that person, you know, that person's hurting. Like that person's seriously hurting. And one of the things that stood out on the podcast I listened to of yours with Reno was like, that I really struck a chord with me that I totally agree with is I think Reno said something like he refuses to believe that people are like bad people, like inherently bad. You know, and I, I, I feel the same way. Like I've always just kind of thought that everybody has a good heart. They've just been conditioned otherwise. And underneath all that conditioned layers of fear and hate and doubt and insecurity is someone who just wants to be happy and wants others to be happy. They just help all these layers on top of that, that are their wounds. And it, sometimes they have these wounds that are very sensitive. And you don't have to do much to like make them feel the pain of those wounds. You know, you can just barely brush up against them with a post on Facebook and it's like, and it, it strikes their wound and then boom, they vomit all this stuff back. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. I thought that was such a great, great point. I, I really believe that. I really believe that deep down, everybody just has a, a, a big heart, a great heart. Um, they just have some trauma and things that are layers on top of that, like an onion. And we all do, you know, and that's what the work is. The work is like, isn't going out and finding something outside of yourself. It's already in you. 
And it's just a matter of doing the work to peel back those layers that we've picked up as children and as young adults and into adulthood and peeling back those conditioned layers to get back to what has always been there. Uh, you know, which, which is easier said than done, but that's yeah. the journey. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody's looking through life through their lens, as I always say, and we can't assume that they know, like they're only, they're doing their best with what they know. If they could do better, they would. Yeah. Right. You know, like. Same with our parents, man. Same with our oh, parents. Totally. Totally. And it's so hard. And sometimes our parents are the ones of the family, the hardest to have compassion for, but they're such mirrors. Yeah. You know, like everybody's a mirror in some way or another. And it's, it's inter interesting. And, you know, and identifying that we have all these pieces in our, in our psyche that, make up who we are, right? Like there's, there's these, there's these parts and, you know, and I'd love to get into this with you a little bit about, you know, this is why this is so interesting for me is like just understanding the behavior of, of why we do these things and like, you know, the psyche and, and who you're allowing to sit in the captain's chair in the throne, right? Like who yeah, you're allowing right. to be in charge because we all have these little, these different archetypes, and when I started to understand that, I just started to laugh and be like, wow, okay, this isn't like, this is a funny game that we're in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, yeah. Like that book, King Warrior, Magician Lover, um, such a great book for men and women, you know, like you, you can change it to say like Queen Warrior, Magician Lover. Um, but it really kind of talks about the four archetypes of, of the personality as a child that we're all kind of, we all have different aspects of our personality. And we talked about self-awareness, but that book took my self-awareness to like a whole new level. <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, you know, like sometimes it was kind of like, wow, holy shit. But then eventually it was like, then you start to laugh and you're like, wow, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, I actually like named them a little differently than, than King or a magician lover. So uh, I kind of named them after like my first name, Patrick, like Patrick to me is the King that is the bridge between my, my psyche and source or whatever you want, energy, you know, whatever you want to call it. God, um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is for you, like, so the bridge between, like, me as, as a singular person with a singular ego and, and then something bigger than myself. And so Patrick is that king that can always know that, okay, like, there's, there's this individual human with, with, with a personality and an ego and all these needs and things, um, but there's something much bigger than, than me. And then the other parts of, of the of the archetype would be, um, I, ha I call him Pat. So Pat is like the, the accountant, you know, he's the analytical one. He's the one that is always trying to make sure that everything's correct and doesn't want to do anything until he's certain about it. Um, he's always overanalyzing and overthinking and he's been very helpful, you know, in my life, uh, um, in a lot of ways. Uh, but if he's the only one running the show, then I'm not going to experience a lot of the things that I've experienced in life because he needs certainty before he takes a step forward. And there's just a lot of times not 
going to be that type of certainty, <laughs> you know? So he's been great and I love him. And I love the fact that he, you know, is very analytical and does all those things. But uh, then there's the other part of me, Rick, that, that is more of like, just wants to like travel and explore new cultures and meet new people and travel the world and, uh, you know, be it in, in the mountains or in the desert or in the ocean. And, and it's just extremely present and just loves people and just wants to be around people all the time. And, um, and Pat is more of an introvert and he just wants to like be home at the computer and do his thing. Um, and then I have trick who is just like the ultra competitive person, like athlete guy that just like wants to win at fucking everything. It doesn't matter if it's like fucking we're rolling dice and whoever rolls and higher number wins, like, or, or, you know, like yeah. rocket receiver, like he wants to win at everything at all costs, like almost to a fault sometimes. And I love that what he has done in my life and, and helped me achieve and do. And, and I, and, and, you know, if I don't feel like working out some days, I like, I'm like, all right, trick, take over. And he's like, all right, we're fucking going to do this. And he takes over and we get the workout done, you know, cause he just doesn't take excuses and he just does what needs to get done. Mm. Um, and if one of those personalities was running the show all the time, it would make for a pretty dysfunctional life. Probably it would be like certain areas would be neglected. But if each one of those has a chance to like feel heard and, and seen and, and feels like they're getting their fair share, then there's more harmony and uh, there's not as much like the negative side, the shadow side of those archetypes. So Patrick, the king that sits on the throne, like you said, he's the one that is always in connection with something bigger, but also the one that is going to pull up those other three aside and be like, hey, like, you know, how are you feeling? Like, what do you need more of? Like, or if they're fucking doing too much, then Patrick's the one that pulls him inside and says like, yo, dude, like, you need to fucking chill. Like, you're, you know, he, he's the one that kind of pulls them off the wheel if they're steering for a little bit too long. So... Reading that book has made me so much more aware of when I've gone too far into one part of my personality and that they've taken over a little bit too much and uh, helped me kind of start to like have a little bit more harmony and like not beat myself up so much when I like I'm feeling a certain way. It's like, oh, it's because of this, you know? Um, and it's not like, again, it's like the problem solving. It's like, okay, I know why I'm feeling that way. It's because of that um whatever personality or archetype you want to talk about so yeah i would 110 percent recommend for everybody to to read that book and uh you know be be ready to like get some good laughs and uh and and really be ready to like start to understand your your ego and your psyche uh, a little bit more yeah dude that was so well said and you know it's funny because we, we get told multiple personalities. It's like a bad thing, but really that's what we have in our yeah. psyche. That's what we have. But it's the ultimate self-awareness. Yeah. It's the ultimate acceptance of what it is, of what's going on in there. And identifying that is so much better. And the knowing that, that we have these archetypes, because then we can kind of, we can steer them. Yeah. You know, and as Godzi says, and this is, I'm doing, redoing his journal course and I'll put a link for this as well, guys. I'm not getting any affiliate for it, but Eric Godzi's journal course goes into this talking about these archetypes. I don't know if you've done this one yet, Pat, but this is, uh, 
I want to, I want to do his journaling course. Yeah, it's, it's, he, it's connected he, exactly with this, okay. like with the archetypes. A lot of that stuff that I just talked about was like from the book, but also like from a call I did with Godzi okay. um, and kind of like unpacking some things. Uh, he helped me really kind of like understand it and break it down a little bit more. So I think mm. doing his journaling course would be awesome. I, I definitely want to do that. Yeah. I've learned so much from that guy, man. Like it's, yeah. it's, he was on the podcast, like way, like back in, I think it was last spring. So it would have been 20, what beginning? Yeah. 2019 in the spring. And, but I wasn't in fit for service then, but I just was fascinated by hearing him on, on Aubrey. And yeah. now the, seeing the guy, how far he's come and how much he's really made psychology interesting for me personally. Like yeah, it's, and yeah. it's like, it's so fascinating, but it's the right delivery of this stuff. You get it from the right person. It's like a coach again, sports. You can hear the same thing. You have deaf ears, but if you hear it from one person that inspires you like, oh fuck. And Godsey has been one. Aubrey's done it in different ways too, but Godsey for some reason talking about this stuff, maybe I would have thought was crazy before or boring, but I'm like, this is so interesting. Yeah. And there's another book as well which is called, um, I think it's Women Running with the Wolves. It's about the woman archetypes. And I, I'll have to check that for sure. But that's, that's like the opposite one. And a lot of the, the women in our group like that book because it's kind of pertains to the women. So we'll try and have both of those in there. But yeah, it's, I highly encourage you guys listening like, to really dive into this stuff. Because especially if you're listening, you're an entrepreneur, podcaster, you know, you've done your personal development work. And all that's great. I mean, there's a lot to that. But then you want to go a bit deeper. You want to really start to figure out like the reason why this stuff works and stuff like Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, what actually happens from a scientific level as well as like what's happening in the compartments of your psyche. Like all this stuff has, has value in adding this in and actually believing it in your life so that when you do this stuff, you actually know there's a reason. You're not just doing it for, you're just like, you're just guessing like, oh, maybe this will work. All this stuff actually has a reason and method behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I love, like, again, like that's, maybe there's people listening that like have that part of their brain that like does overanalyze things and needs that science piece to like be able to really feel like, okay, I, I get it. Now I can really go deep with it. And that's how I, that's how my brain was like that Pat archetype. He needed the science. So Joe Spenzo is like, was great. And then the part of me that like, you know, wants to just, okay, like enough of the science, like let's experience it. Like then I felt like I could um, because that analytical mind was quieted with the science back that backed it up. Mm, yeah. I want to make sure we're okay with time because I know we started later. You, uh, you okay for time or do we got to yeah. think about, yeah? Okay, awesome. Yeah, man, I, I'm the same way. Um, I think a lot of people, especially in the personal development world, there's a lot of like pushback because there's a lot of woo, woo, woo think, thinking. But I believe in that stuff more than ever now because there's actually science and actually people are proving that this stuff works. And um, I also think there's a level of belief that you have to have. Like if you don't believe something will happen, it's not going to happen. Like right. if you don't believe in this stuff, well it's not going to work. Right. It's like anything, right? Right. Like it's like, if you fully say no and you shut the tap off, yeah. I mean, you're not going to change anyway. You're not, nothing's going to happen. Like if you're going to be right. closed minded, 
like you've already shut the door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Belief is, is a foundational thing and whether you're building a business or, um, in a relationship or raising kids or whatever, you know, or on a personal development path, or like, if you don't believe that something's going to work or at least have like some glimmer of like belief that something, you know, is going to work, then you're going to find all the ways that it won't, Mm. (laughs) you know, like whatever you want to look for in life. If you want to look for the reasons it's going to work, you'll find it. If you're going to look for reasons something's not going to work, you'll find it. Uh, it just depends on like the way you set yourself up. So yeah, like I think when I was trying to build a business, if, if I was in the beginning, I was like, there was a lot of things that would show up in my mind that was like, oh, this isn't for me. I can't do this. And I found reasons that it wasn't for me. And I found reasons that I wouldn't work, then it wouldn't work, you know? Um, but I think the quickest way to make you have this shift from like, oh, I kind of hope this like journey works or this business works or whatever it is. Like, I kind of hope it works. I'll dip my toe into like, Oh, I know it's going to work. Like I'm on this path, like, and I'm not getting off it. The quickest way was one books. And, and for me, audiobooks. like I love listening and um, podcasts just as well. And then the second thing is surrounding yourself with people that are already over here on this, on this belief side the people that already, have done it, have that, that, that have that strong belief because man, we're like humans are chameleons in a way. Like we kind of adapt to our environment. If we surround ourselves with people that are just like non-believers and doubters and naysayers all the time, like we're going to eventually start to think that way too, you know, no matter how tough we are sometimes. And if we start to surround ourselves with people that are more optimistic and believe that they can make changes big thing and create big things in their life and have a big impact then we're going to start to like take on those traits and those ways of thinking as well Mm -hmm. um so surrounding yourself with people that have like belief in themselves that are positive that have good self-belief is going to start to create that in you um and you can do that with podcasts or books but the cool thing is like when you start to when those beliefs about yourself change then your actions start to change. And when your actions start to change, then your outside world starts to change. And then that reinforces the beliefs and then your actions get reinforced. And then the things outside of you get even more cooler and bigger and all that. And it's just this, this thing, this cycle, but it's like, it's like, a. Uh, have you ever tried to, I, I, I use this analogy all the time. Have you ever tried to run up, the down escalator. Yeah. You know, the escalator at the mall, like the metal stair. Yeah, yeah. So I used to do this as a kid when I was like, you know, I don't know, 10 or something like every year for my birthday, which was like around uh, Christmas, I would go to the mall with my grandma and she would bring me there every year to get the new Eric Jordans because for basketball season. And, and uh, it was always like a fun like trip to go to the mall and get these the new air jordans and and i would always try to run up the down escalator and just because i was like oh this is fun like i gotta see if i can make it to the top and i think a lot of times like when we start something new whether it's a new workout routine or a new way of 
diet, nutrition, or a business, or uh, mindfulness, meditation, whatever the heck it is, like, we are going to not maybe move as fast as we want. The progress isn't going to show up as fast as we want. And when you're running up the down escalator, that's how it feels. Like, you're running full speed, and you're like, okay, this is kind of fun at first. Even a new job, you're, it's like fun at the first couple of days. You know, you're like, oh, this is fun. It's new. But then you're like, man, like, I'm not making as much progress as I want. And I'm not moving up this escalator as fast as I want. And we get discouraged. And then most people take breaks. And what happens when you're on a down escalator and you take breaks? You, you go backwards. You, you go all the way back to the bottom where you started. And what I found is if you just stay on the escalator and you just keep showing up and do the things, whatever it is that you're working towards, and you just keep doing the little things every day and you have this this understanding that the little things you're doing every day might not, you might not be able to see them, but there's this compound effect happening, this slight edge that's happening that you can't see the results of, but it's working for you. And eventually, if you just keep going, eventually, slowly but surely, you kind of get to the top of this escalator. And then when you kind of get to that point, then it kind of feels like you're on the up escalator and you're like moving faster than you could ever run like on your own. But man, I feel like that first few months or that first year, depending on like whatever it is you're working towards, like it does feel like you're kind of stuck on this down escalator. Mm. And also like another great analogy, like pumping water from a well. Like sometimes you're just pumping this well and nothing's coming out, nothing's coming out, nothing's coming out, but you're building up pressure. The water's rising. You can't see it. But you're building a pressure and this, and this change is happening. This water is rising up to the top. And if you just get discouraged and stop, that water goes all the way back to the bottom and you lose it. And I think that's the biggest mistake that I made. It's the biggest mistake I see people make is they get discouraged too easily and they fall off the path when they're not seeing the results, even though the results are kind of invisible at this point. They're underground. And they stop pumping. And if they just kept pumping, kept pumping, that water would have kept rising and kept rising and eventually it would have just started overflowing and, and coming out. And you don't even need to pump anymore at that point. It's just like free flowing. Uh, it's the biggest mistake I made. I just didn't understand that the results are invisible a little bit and you've got to just keep showing up and keep doing the things. Keep surrounding yourself with people that are on that same path. Keep listening to the books. Keep doing the things you, 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 on the days you don't feel like it. That's the biggest difference. Like people that show up and do the things they know they need to do every day on the days they don't feel like it because everyone does it on the days they feel like it, but who shows up and does the things on the days they don't feel like it. That's the game changer in sports. It's a game changer in business. That's the game changer in relationships. That's the game, game changer in, in your own personal growth. And, and that's the hardest part is just showing up. Dude, that was, that's so true. There's so much truth in there. Like that book, Compound Effect. Have you read that? Yeah, Darren Hardy. Dude. Yep. Another another fire book you guys will have in the show notes. Dude, you're, that's so true. And I got I started to think about so many things in life that, and you, you guys listening too, like how many things have we started in life that we don't see, we're so used to instant gratification and we're, we just want to see this result in front of us. And then we stop before we even before we've even really got going, and it's working. I can use this podcast for an instance, bro. Like, 
sometimes like starting it, you know, even along the way, it's, it feels like, does anybody care? Does anybody listen? Does anybody like, I know they do, but there's these things in my head because, and same with business. It's like you look at other people and we, we, we think that what they're doing is what I should be doing or what I should have, but we don't know how much of that water pumping they've done in their own life for how long. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it really is like, what's that word? What you're uh, three feet from gold or something. What's that saying? Is that what it is? Heard something like that. Like, yeah. It's like you're, you're, you're digging and you're so close. Yeah. And that's why like I've learned now in, in exactly what you're saying. I've learned that lesson so many times that, even in sports and jobs and everything I did, I always just quit before things got. And it's like, it's like the universe is like, are you, are you really serious about this? Because I'm going to fuck with you for a bit. I'm going to see if like, if this is now all the honeymoon phases wore off. It's kind of like, it's becoming a little monotonous. It's like, do you really want to do this? Because if you power through this and you get through that feeling, then I'm going to reward you. But you're only worthy of that if you can power through. And I really think that that is the lesson. That is, are you worthy enough? Are you dedicated enough? Are you committed enough to get through that time when you don't feel like it in order to reap the rewards later? And most people aren't. And every pro athlete, what do they say? I sat and shot baskets over and over and over and over again. I was the first one on, last one off. It's the same story. These guys were no different. They just put in more time and more effort. And people go, oh, they were lucky. It's like, well, no. They just put in more effort. <laughs> and they believed. Yeah. yeah. Right? Sometimes, like, the situation that happened, like, as a kid that allowed them to put in more effort was, like, just because they lived closer to the school or, you know, their dad was a coach or there was something but we can we can create that ourselves you know like the book outliers by malcolm gladwell talks about all these outliers that we easily look at and i did this all the time like in sports and business i would look at people and i still do it to this day like even in 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 this space you know it's like you see someone really successful and you automatically put them on a pedestal and you go, Oh, they got something I have or some advantage or blah, 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 blah. And when you read that book outliers, you realize like there was the fact that they just put in the 10,000 hours before, you know, a lot of their peers did. There was like something that happened that, that allowed them to just focus. They, they had just like this, this love for the sport or whatever it was. And they put in the 10,000 hours and it made them, an expert in, in that field and it's not because they had like were born with some crazy gifts and yeah that, that's part of it a little bit but like there's so many freak athletes like uh michael jordan that like aren't michael jordan <laughs> you know like he was just obsessed with the game and, and just worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it um so yeah that that book was a great one, the compound effect and, uh, and the outliers book made me realize like, man, like I got to stop putting people on pedestals and start and stop being like, man, they're, they're, they got something I got and just be and realize that. And I, and I do this, the more I spend time with people that are successful at something, the more I take them off a pedestal, the more I realize that if I really wanted to, to have the success they were having or do what they're doing, like I could, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of putting in, putting in that work. 
So true. And let's just get into Jordan for a second. So like watching that documentary, like that guy was relentless at being the best and being competitive. So even Jordan, he wasn't just a guy that was like naturally, oh, I mean, obviously he was great, right? But that guy was like sharpening his sword consistently. And if you guys haven't watched this documentary, oh man, like I think we've talked about it before. Um, what was it called again? I forget. The last, last dance. And just, but, but watching, watching him, you realize I get it. Okay. Like, was he the nicest guy at all times? No, but the guy was a relentless competitor and he got to where he was because he fucking like was relentless work. He didn't give up because he won one year or because he, he did one thing. Like he constantly challenged himself, which made everybody else have to be better too. And like, it wasn't like, I used to think, oh, Jordan was just great. But no, man, he really worked at it. Like he really like consistently. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, I would say like that, that archetype of the warrior, he embodied that. And maybe at times he could have used a little bit of like self-awareness with his teammates and like mm. not been the warrior. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where Phil Jackson, the, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, was was so amazing. Was he was kind of the king of the archetype, you know? And mm-hmm. he was able to sit the warrior down and and talk to Mike and be like, "Hey, man, like I know you're the best on the team, but if you want to win championships, we have to incorporate the, the rest of the guys. We have to build their confidence. We can't belittle them all the time because he was like he had such high standards. Like he was belittling the guys on the on this team that weren't living up to his standards, which were so high. And so the king came in and sat down the warrior and was like, "All right, we need to be a cohesive unit. We can't let the warrior be the one that's running the show all the time. You know, we got to be able to bring this all together." And and you know, credit to to Michael Jordan, like he you know, he bought in and he listened to Phil Jackson and he, he went from being the focal point of the offense to switching the offense to be more of a team uh, approach. And he went from scoring like 37 points a game and leading the league and scoring down to like 31 two, still leading the league and scoring, but like he wasn't scoring as much, but as a team, they started winning championships because his first seven years, even though he was the scoring champion every year, they never won a championship because it was all about him and the teams that they played against could focus on him. Once they, once he bought into the King archetype and the King, like being the one that's like, Hey, there's more than just you. There's it's big. It's a, it's bigger than you. Then they started winning championships, which is, you know, that's what he ultimately really wanted. Um, so yeah, it was funny because I read that book, The King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, like right before that documentary came out. Came out like this this summer. I think it came out in like June. I think it's on Netflix now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I grew up. I grew up like idolizing Michael Jordan. He was, you know, when I, when he won his six championships in the nineties. You know, that's when I was like going to the mall every winter with my grandma to get those Air Jordans. You know, like had posters on the wall and. Uh, so it was so cool, like getting to watch that documentary and kind of like reliving some of those those childhood. Oh, it was such a fun era, man. Like <laughs> basketball was so fun. Like I wasn't even a basketball player, but it was just such a 
it was such an interesting era and he was just so entertaining and that documentary just like going behind the scenes and just seeing like Dennis Rodman and seeing Pippin and just learning about all that was it was it was crazy because you heard like you it's all we cared about as kids you know like Chicago Bulls were so big you know we're the same age so obviously me being in Canada hockey was the biggest but still like basketball like Jordan is the biggest athlete ever it was it felt like back then it was like to actually be able to learn about those different personalities like and to see how it worked and how Phil Jackson somehow managed it it's a real testament of like how the different personality types of a team can be cohesive if you, if it's managed right yeah i would say Dennis Rodman was like he was like the magician you know he was like dying yeah. like he was he was definitely not like down to earth as much like he was kind of floating up here doing his own thing and Phil Jackson had the ability to connect with Dennis Rodman at and let Dennis Rodman be Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen was more of like the, the softer touch you know like he was the one that the, all the other guys like would go to and Mike would yell at him so he was kind of like the lover you know like he was the one that, like hey, it's okay like we got your back like don't worry about it like, you know, like he's just in a bad mood. So it was kind of funny, like listening uh, to that book and then, and then watching that and seeing like how it all was like a very cohesive unit uh, with all the different parts like coming together with, with that King, you know, being the one that was sitting on the throne, Phil Jackson. And he has a, he has a great book. I can't remember what it was called, but like, it was very cool because his book is like very much spirituality mixed with sports, mm. which is like totally up my, right up my alley. So, um, that was a great book. I'll have to look it up. Uh, cause he, he brought in like that spiritual aspect and, and during his like practices with the bulls, like he'd bring in like Buddhist monks and yoga teachers and meditation uh. teachers. And so a lot of the, the players on the team, including Jordan, they got they got really used to like being in the present moment, uh, which is huge like, when you're on the court. Like if you're thinking about making mistakes, you know you're not going to play your best. He was ahead of his time in sports for sure. A lot of that stuff. Wow, I didn't know that. That's that's crazy. That that had to be the reason why the difference that why he was so successful. I mean, he must have done that with the Lakers too. He must have like really, but buying into a coach. Like there's such a trust there and it's such a science. It's like to have your trust from your team. And once your team trusts you, it's like, it's, it's amazing because there's so many different people. You got to push a little bit, you got to pull a little bit. And it's like the ultimate level of leadership. It's like the, the trust of like, yeah, this guy, this guy knows his shit. I'm just listening to him. But yet the coach still has compassion, but pushes so certain people in certain areas more because he sees, he sees inside of them what they need to be to bring the best out. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, the book, the book I was talking about that Phil Jackson uh, wrote was called Sacred Hoops. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's so true. There's something, there's something in us that wants to be acknowledged by like people that we look up to and when someone that we look up to like tells us they see something in us then we start to see it in ourselves even more 
Mm. You know, and, and that could be like, as if you're a parent to kids or to your employees or coworkers, it's like, it's really cool to, to share something that you see in others and you just keep sharing it even when they can't see it yet. And you, but you just keep sharing it with them and you keep telling them what you see in them. It's really cool when you, when you notice that they are starting to see it themselves Mm. and embody, they embody what you, yeah. You're like, and it's just a really cool shift. Mm. It's just so cool to see them go from like, not quite believing what you're, what you're telling them to like fully embodying what you were able to see in them well, well before they could. And you seeing it in them is what allowed them to eventually see it in themselves. It's like one of the coolest things to, to witness. And absolutely. Dude, if people want to learn more about you and connect with you and your business, walk us through how we can do that, what they can expect, and uh, where can we send them? We'll have it all in the show notes. Yeah. I'm, I mean, people can just connect with me on Facebook, you know, like shoot me a, a friend request and, uh, that's usually where I like, you know, spend most of the time um, connecting with people through the messenger on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I, I try to go on there. I noticed a little bit that I was like consuming more than I was creating on Instagram. A little bit. And so I kind of like have tried to pull back a little bit on there and focus a lot more on like Facebook because that's where my team is and, and everybody. Um, but I still, you know, check Instagram and, and use that and, and that's Pat 90 X. So that's an easy one. Um, but yeah, I'm always down to like bounce questions off of and just connect with people through like the, the DM or, or, uh, or whatever. Mm. Awesome, man. Dude, this has been, it's been a lot of fun. I'm like, holy shit, I better wrap it up here. It's 90 minutes. I could talk to you for hours, brother. And, uh, yeah. well, this is one of many, I'm sure. And- yeah. You're going to have to get yourself a podcast at some point too, bro, because you got a lot of wisdom there. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Like one of these days, you know, I think it would be great to, I just love like this kind of thing. Like I just love being able to sit down and, and just chat and, and bounce ideas off each other. And, and I think this is one of the coolest things about this whole like human experience is like the, the ability to, to connect, you know, I think yeah. it's probably the thing that I like, crave most in, in life is like that that deep connection beyond the ego and all that it's like it's yeah. this, this kind of stuff man this is this is the goal yeah man so no I absolutely i really appreciate you you asking me to do this and i've always had great we've always had great chats yeah uh, but it's been cool to like to actually do it like for the podcast so uh, yeah man, thanks for having me on here man i appreciate you being on and next time we'll have to do it in person you know yeah. I, it's just at these events, man, it's so busy and, and like, there's, there's not a lot of time. It's almost like we got to like pencil in or like calendar in like bookings for these, these kind of things. And maybe next time, like, I don't know what your plans are next year, if you're going to do it again, fit for service, but I'm I mean, sure. yeah, I'm still thinking about it. I'm mostly, I'll probably do it again. Cause I feel like this year we kind of got the shaft because of like COVID and everything like, you know, but yeah. Um, I, yeah, those kind of events, man. I mean, I, I'm still buzzing from it. So 
Yeah, brother. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and um, I'll have everything in the show notes for everybody to check you out and to follow you and if they want to get involved and there's no better guy that I would want to send to, to, to learn about this stuff and to your great leader, brother, and much appreciated. Appreciate that, man. Thanks, everybody. Check out Pat. All the information's in the show notes. I don't believe he's on Instagram anymore. But, you know, busy people sometimes don't need to be everywhere, right? He's, he's got Facebook. Go check him out on Facebook. And if you are interested in joining, you know, his team or um, any learning more about Beachbody, go check it out. He's a great dude. Such a born leader. And he's just a humble guy that we could all learn from. So, hope you guys enjoyed the interview. <laughs> talked about psychology. Talked about mindset, leadership. We talked about um, business. All of it. And I hope you got value. So, Share with a friend. Leave us a five-star review if you did. And most importantly, we will catch you next time. Love you guys.